Hi guys, welcome to episode 54 of the Untitled Gadget podcast. This is your host for the week, Dhruv Bhutani here, and joining me is Harish. Uh, Akshay won't be here this week, and I know it's it's been a bit of a delay since we've had an episode. Uh, in fact, like it's going to be almost one month since we recorded an episode. But you got to forgive us. There, there's just so much happening. Uh, so many phones so many launches so many industry events that we do have our day jobs to take care of um and that's that's basically it but uh, if you've been following us on twitter i'm sure you've been uh you know getting little nuggets of insights from akshay from harish and occasionally from me though i'm no longer that active on twitter uh but yeah so hopefully on this episode we should be covering some of the key highlights from at least the last 10 days or so there's no re- there's no point in going further back because well, that's the pace of technology isn't it harish it is man it is uh although i would want to go back a few weeks and then get ahead on my reviews because now i have an excel sheet to manage the number of reviews i have to do and all that because it just kind of got away from me i think i ended up with 18 or so deliveries in the last month Mm-hmm. and i'm looking at the sheet now i have 14 things left to review fuck ouch yeah, yeah. i i'm using some to- some sort of uh, task tracking solution for this no i mean the work stuff is all handled through airtable uh, so yeah that's very that's a great way of managing what i do day in day out but just for me to get a sense of planning figuring out what to prioritize and all that i was like okay let me see what i have in the house because earlier i used to just wing it uh, whenever somebody sends me a message asking oh where is this review i used to be like oh shit i was meant to review that and then add it to the board so before i now i'm like okay i'll actually list down everything that comes in so that i know that it needs to go on the board at some some point yeah i've been setting up trello boards for myself to just keep a track of things like you know all over the board like personal projects work stuff uh etc etc you know so oh yeah just to be able to manage life a little better yeah man you do a lot of stuff on the side as well right yeah crazy i don't know how you find the time well i have kind of just make the time for it that's true you never go to bed do you mm-hmm. hardly Nice. So what are you reviewing now? What am I reviewing? I'm actually writing uh well I'm reviewing the A52s 5G Samsung nice. uh good looking phone but uh, it's kind of typical Samsung where you know the pricing is just a bit seems a little too uh, too high and then like I've got a few issues like the bezels are too big um like the back of the phone is very premium totally like 30 something range and then you flip it around and it's like uh looks like a 25000 rupee phone and then they're charging like 36000 for it uh but yeah you know still putting it through its paces uh i've also been using the z flip 3 uh and that's a phone that so i just published my second opinion review on that and it's kind of changed how i approached foldables like i always thought that i'd be a z fold kind of person you know the power user lots of multitasking etc etc but 
this phone actually fits very well in my lifestyle where I'm perpetually near a computer so I kind of don't really need that giant you know screen mm. real estate right um and in fact this phone it's kind of helped me cut away from normal phone usage uh to a certain degree like I I actually call it like Samsung didn't intend to make a digital detox phone but this might just sort of be it because you know you look at notifications you usually get distracted at least for me I'll dive into Reddit look up Twitter Instagram whatever and yeah. uh, just end up wasting time like even if I'm just trying to swipe away notifications yeah and I think that cover display you know just quick glanceability and you can move on like so when you when you're actually opening the phone you're doing it with uh, with purpose behind it yeah um and that's helped me sort of uh create a demarcation between yep. my phone usage and my uh, well my real world life i suppose um and yeah. i i didn't expect that but i've really come to enjoy that and then there's also like the entire finality that you get when you just slap it shut yes. and you cut a call especially if yeah. you've had an angry call <laughs> Yeah. Dude, I fully relate with that whole demarcation stuff. Uh I've been using the Z Fold 3 for just over a week now and I fully agree with you. It has changed how I see viewable view foldables obviously, but also how I use my phone. Um yeah, the it has a large enough out outer screen that I don't need to actually unfold it for anything other than pressing stuff. Uh So if a notification say comes around for a mail and it's an actionable thing I just leave it be there but if it's like a message I need to get back I just use the outer screen and then for stuff that I actually need to work on or browse for something I unfurl it and then just close it and yeah it it made me understand how I use my phone a little bit better and see where I've been wasting time distracting just like you are getting distracted that sort of stuff so yeah i think samsung is on to something with these foldables man yeah absolutely agreed uh i mean in fact like uh, the more i think about it i feel that the z they they've actually done a very smart move by pricing these phones uh, the way that they have especially the z flip uh the z fold of course it is you know this entire productivity beast and fantastic phone and everything uh but with the global shutdowns you know travel is still fairly limited people aren't really going out as much yeah. the work from home like microsoft also extended it further uh unless i mean it's 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 a it's not entirely a tablet replacement either so i feel that uh, just pricing the hitting that 999 dollar price point the flip is the one which is going to take this mainstream uh it's a much more usable phone yeah absolutely and i think, I think I, it... I, yeah i kind of lost my train of thought there for a second but you know what i mean you can carry mm-hmm. on from there no i fully understand that and i think the form factor itself it, it evokes a lot of memories right for everyone who's like in their 30s or slightly older or well even older than that right when if they're looking to buy a phone and they look at a phone that flips Mm-hmm. that immediately makes them feel familiar because you have that tactility and you have that you know form factor that makes it easily pocketable so you have those benefits uh 
and then you get a fold out screen and it's just as good as a regular screen mm-hmm. so i think they hit it on both of those points yeah great but like i mean the more that i think about it you know like with the fold out the big the outer screen is now big enough that yeah. i mean i feel that most of the times i just end up using that outer screen um and that's kind of what i was coming to that sure the i mean of course it's great to have the big screen on the inside but the number of opportunities that i foresee for people if you're moving around you know if you're just walking about you're not going to unfold it like you need a certain time space like okay. yeah you know you know like a certain amount of situation to be in where if you're yep. sitting down and you're reading you're tra- you're on public transport you're sitting down and you open it up yeah um, and i at least for myself i don't really see myself in those situations right now like if i was traveling you know taking flights or whatever and pre pandemic like all of us were flying around a fair bit uh in that kind of a situation it definitely makes a lot of sense but i feel yeah i think even if i don't think samsung's making a loss on the 990 dollar flip but whatever they had to do to get to that price point uh it's a good it's a good move because i'm actually seeing a lot of traction for this phone with the cool colors uh compared to last year they finally nailed the industrial design as well uh yeah. you know it's no longer like it still felt like a gen 1 product last year yeah this this however does not yeah it absolutely doesn't um i haven't used the flip so i wouldn't know how it is but just based off of you know everyone that has used it and also from the guys at ac mm-hmm. it just feels like even they like the flip more than the fold just mm-hmm. because of how easy it is to carry around and how you get the benefit of that smaller screen that still let you see notifications versus well just unfold it and mm-hmm. use it and then just put it back in yeah and plus like you know just the fact that this phone i mean i haven't had that experience in a long time where a phone just disappears into your pocket <laughs> yeah i think that's a big deal too and even for the z fold 3 right i was thinking about it just yesterday um anything that takes less than 30 seconds right whether you need to change a setting or just get back to a message or any of that that stuff i just used the outer screen so it's a very conscious decision on my part to use the inner screen um and i only do so for like browsing or if i have to get back to an email that sort of stuff and that makes a lot of difference in day to day use yeah i think even on the flip you know it's the bigger cover screen i think they've hit a good size now so i mean sure you you're basically just doing the standard um android notification uh, drop down stuff like with the widgets and all yeah but that's that's kind of yeah. enough to do a lot of things yeah uh i wish there was uh, you know what do you call them the quick uh, quick responses and all Uh, yeah. for more uh, or like you know samsung had built some sort of deeper integration over there so uh, i could just navigate not just navigate but then get more done on the home on the cover screen itself but i think they'll get there because samsung generally has you know fairly deep customization going around everywhere so i think it's just a matter of time uh, not a limitation in any sense 
I think we could see that. I think that's more of an Android thing as well, just in terms of the flexibility of where you can use those um, actionable notifications. Uh, I think we could see some sort of a change. Well, not with Android 12, because we know that that's not coming. But maybe down the line, as foldables become more mainstream, as it's clearly going to be. Mm. On that note, I'm actually using Android 12 on the Pixel 4 XL for the review once it hits stable. And oh my God, it's a fucking shit show. Uh, I think Beta 5 fixes a few issues and it's kind of stable somewhat but nowhere near what it was last year with Android 11. Still some way to go, man. Okay. No, I mean, uh, I had one of the earlier betas running on the Pixel 4a. And it's okay. I'm still conflicted about the entire design. Uh, it's a little too Ikea. Come on, it's fun. It's It's very... It's it's goofy. It's it's trademark Google, right? It's it has all these gigantic sliders, and it's using that ML stuff for you know picking out color palette that sort of thing. It's just a yeah, fun, I playful mean, I design. Mean, I I get it. It's cool. <laughs> I just don't. Yeah, it's it's not me. Like, uh, it's not me in the sense like, I don't know, like. It's what too cute. It's too kawaii. It's too, it's too colorful for you. You just want everything austere. austere. You just want that minimalist white stuff everywhere, don't you? Yeah. Or black. That's... Okay. <laughs> but, I mean, I think, I think this is a big move forward for Google to finally embrace some sort of a design... Bold design language, as it were. Well, material design has been there for, what, seven years now? Mm -hmm. So they needed something. And it looks like they'll bring this material U design to their services as well going forward. So it'll be interesting to see how that works. Yeah, I mean, I think this, what, this week? I mean, that's part of the news, I guess. Uh, yeah. That uh, a fair bit of first-party apps have gotten updated uh, to support the material U design. I mean, it's nice. I, I like what they're doing. It's a degree of, um, you know, AI-driven customization that we haven't seen on any phone operating system or, well, any yep. operating system for that matter so far. I appreciate that bit. It's just a little too cutesy and whimsical for me. Like, I'm more of a black everything, death metal guy. So, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no, I understand. Um, mm. But on that front, I think... A lot of these changes have also come from the fact that Google is finally getting serious about hardware with the Pixel 6 series mm -hmm. and the fact that they're using their own custom tensor stuff. I don't believe we talked about that. It's very interesting. Still not too sure about the final details, but yeah, they should come out sometime in October based on previous years and launches. But I really want them to launch these things in India, man, particularly the regular Pixel 6, because that looks like a fantastic device. I mean, yeah, uh, well, that's probably not happening, is it? I don't know. Well, for some what for some reason they're bringing the Nest outdoor camera to India. I don't Are know they? why. Yeah, it. I mean, it says coming soon on the Google India store. Uh, I, I'm I was, pretty sure that's just a mistake. I was looking to buy the video doorbell because I didn't buy the Nest wired doorbell because the wiring doesn't work for India. So I figured I may as well get the video doorbell. So that's coming next week. 
and i was like okay let me see what they actually offer in india now and i go to the site and yeah there's that outdoor security camera and i'm like why is that a thing for india launch phones here <laughs> why would you bring that to india of all the products in their portfolio yeah and i mean that's it's it's typical google india you know where they launch the most obscure product and then judge the success of the lineup of the hardware lineup on the basis of that one product which actually not that many people care about yeah this is i mean see i really like the fact that they launched the pixel buds a they're really nice um and i mean i would recommend them if they did not cost 10000 yeah they're nice 5 6000 rupee earphones they're not 10000 rupee earphones and funny fact the pixel buds a aren't on the google india store <laughs> but the next cam shows us coming soon so yeah google cares just as much as we think it does about its india stuff for hardware yeah so i mean on that note um, so some specs have leaked of the uh, of the pixel 6 pro's uh, processor and that's it's got two cortex x1 cores uh, which would make it more powerful than the snapdragon 888 No, the Corsair. I think that's wrong. The X one is designed to be used in a single configuration. If it Hang has, on, I'm sending you the leak. I mean, <laughs> this is this was literally on Reddit today morning. So take it with yeah. a huge uh, pinch of salt. No, no, it won't have the two X one. If if it had two X one cores, it needs Google needs to provide like a power bank. To charge the damn thing every ten minutes. Um, the X one is designed more for like you know. very intensive but short burst of usage so i think it'll have the x1 because i think it's based largely on the exynos 2100 with a few customizations i think the frequencies will differ to this one um and there's also that obvious uh, ml stuff that google built in so that'll i i don't think it'll be an on the die sort of thing i think it'll live elsewhere so it should be very interesting because they're going for the high end segment again um the design looks interesting as well what do you think about the design i'm it's sure you don't it's very unique and yeah. i love it yeah it's like I... uh they took the 90s x-men cyclops yeah and made a phone out of it it's it's very minimalist but also very bauhaus it's very uh east german east berlin it's very yeah. Yeah, you you get it. I'm excited about it. No, yeah, I I clearly knew that you'd be interested in that. I really like it. For some reason, it reminds me of Daft Punk. I don't know why, but it does. I mean, it's the, the it's, it's the helmet. It's the, yeah, it's, it's the, the helmet, helmet for sure. I really like it. Like I said, I mean, they're doing interesting things with this. I said interesting, I think, about six times now. I mean, I like it. It's different. It's unique. uh i don't think that the material you design necessarily fits in with the industrial design of the phones uh but sure you know mix things up but that's the thing right those are two entirely different teams at google and they don't talk to each other yeah i mean well cla- cla- uh clashing is a thing in fashion so you know sure <laughs> i just want these to launch in india man i Don't know how I'm gonna get these from the US. Uh, we'll figure out a way. Yeah. I mean, if it's above, 
1100 or 1200 dollars then i'm just going to wait for a price drop because i'm not spending that kind of money at launch on a google phone yeah knowing that it will get cheap in about 2 3 weeks exactly so i'd rather wait for black friday or christmas yeah for some sales to drop in because i'm actually not in a rush to change phones i am excited to try it out but i'm definitely not in a rush yeah i think i'm in the same boat as you i have a few phones that i'm reviewing on the side uh the realme gt i actually really like i was using that just before switching to the z fold 3 um when i get that review done it's actually a nice phone um i don't know how much it costs in india though the realme gt yeah the one with the yellow leather leather no, edge the back master edition oh the the one which looks like a suitcase Yeah, yeah, the suitcase one, the Muji suitcase. Oh, the suitcase is the cheaper one. I think that's like the thirty-ish price range one. That's yeah, nice the, because that's the confusing bit where the the one which has the unique design is actually not the flagship. Yeah, I don't understand what they're doing with that strategy, uh, but they're clearly positioning that master edition as like a differentiated design sort of thing. The only question I have is if you're creating that, why not put like the best hardware in that to go along with it? But mm, it'll just end up because otherwise, like us, it just ends up confusing everyone. But yeah, it's a nice enough phone for that. Well, Tuesday uh, is going to be a big one. Yeah, my sister's coming to Hyderabad. Indeed, that is the highlight of the week. I got a press release announcing it, uh, an emailer, and uh, we've even got a hash flag announcing the arrival of your sister in Hyderabad. No, I wanted to be low key. Uh, I mean that that show has ended. Oh, for fuck's sake, man! Dude, that was just okay. Yeah, I know it was terrible. Uh, <laughs> See, self-awareness is the first step of of cracking back bad jokes, you know, back to back. <laughs> okay, anyways, uh, coming back to back on track. Uh, well, Tuesday, Apple has uh, their annual fall event. I don't know. It's it's just become such a part of you know the cultural. It's become a cultural phenomenon. Yeah. Apple's fall event. Yep. <laughs> like nobody gives a shit what fall is in India, but. Oh my God! It's the fall event, uh, but yeah. So you're gonna be getting all the new iPhones for this year. It's just going to be more of the same. Uh, Apple is going to be taking some questionable decisions. Uh, the leaks so far say that only the Pro models will get 120 Hz displays because uh, it's too much to ask for a high refresh rate display from a 70,000 rupee phone. If you're using an iPhone, that is. Yeah, um, or else. Evidently, the notch will be a little smaller. Well, and evidently, I mean, the phone will be a little thicker. <sighs> evidently, the cameras know. will be a little better. I mean, see, I really like the iPhone twelve. I like what they did with it. I like the design of the thing. I use it as most of the time. I use it as my secondary phone. um i like the state that ios is in particularly with ios 15 um i think it's matured as a platform over the last year with a lot of these uh, additions 
but i don't know i think this year is more like a stopgap from when they finally will release something without the notch and you know have yeah see that's the thing the irony of the situation is that john prosser leaked iPhones this week but he didn't leak this week's this year's iPhones <laughs> he leaked next year's iPhones and this kind of convinced a whole lot of people that they shouldn't upgrade this year now leaving my personal thoughts aside about the iPhones the, the i mean the 2022 iPhones that uh, got leaked i don't know even those looked like pretty pedestrian upgrades they do but then I mean, iPhones have never been about introducing cutting-edge hardware, right? Mm-hmm. They've always been about, you know, bringing those features mainstream. Particularly if you look at 5G, right? Android, we've seen what Android phones with 5G for about 18 months or so before the iPhone 12 yeah. came along. Um, but it was the launch of the iPhone that actually drove momentum for 5G in the US. Um So we'll see a similar situation with the 120 hertz stuff as well. Once the iPhone gets it, you know, and it starts becoming available and all that, then everyone will be like, "Oh wow, look at this high refresh rates are so awesome." It's always been that. Um I don't think they even want to be the brand to, you know, break ground on new territory in terms of hardware, at least on their phones, just because of where they're positioning these devices. Yeah. So I guess it makes sense for them to play it safe because doing anything different they would just end up pissing off a lot of their user base. I get it, but it's also, you know, not giving people much of a reason to buy a new phone. I mean, you can be stuck on that entire, you know, the contract cycle that those people will are essentially a guaranteed upgrade. But I I feel that, you know, while that certainly was the case, till even yes it i would say last year but till 2019 2018 2019 but the degree of refinement that we seen from android hardware and the willingness to convert uh, and change platforms yeah uh that has i would say never been higher but it's certainly increasing and that willingness to shift platforms could be the detriment could be you know could put apple on the back foot here where these astonishingly slow upgrades up- upgrades in many cases yeah uh, could truly backfire you bring I mean, up a, yeah. yeah go ahead, go ahead. That, no that's a really good point because when you think about iPhones why do we give such a why do we make such a big deal about iPhones is because they own about half of the market in the US right but when you look at outside the US i mean they're not nearly as relevant even if you look at markets like the uk or germany um they're much better they prefer buying something like samsung or increasingly stuff like xiaomi oppo vivo oneplus so these brands are making a big difference in those markets and why is that yeah it's because android hardware has matured particularly well in the last 2 years um just look at this year's launches right look at the find x3 uh, it is amazing that mirror finish is gen is genuinely a standard design i don't know why they didn't release the phone in india but yeah that's easily one of the best designs of the year and look at the crazy stuff that xiaomi did with the mi 11 ultra with mm-hmm. the second screen at the back and just generally phenomenal cameras and look at samsung samsung is all in unfoldables 
the flip three is clearly a winner when it comes to somebody. I mean, if you're wanting something that stands out, you cannot get anything better than the flip three or the fold three, right? Yep. So, from a hardware point of view, there's really no reason why you would consider an iPhone. The only reason for buying them now is iOS and the ecosystem and the larger ecosystem around it. So I think going forward, the ecosystem will play a bigger role because when you look at Apple's direction also, right, they've heavily invested in their ecosystem player with the whole, you know, AirPods, the tablet, the MacBook and the Apple TV. And now with the services with Apple TV Plus, they're, you know, they now have 20 million subscribers for the service. And that was astonishing to me because I didn't realize there were that many and those are paying. Overall, it has what 40 million because they gave away the service. Um, but they're doing much better on that front. It's no longer just a device that exists in a silo. It's more to do with the ecosystem. And that was made clear to me when I was telling my sister yesterday uh, that she should switch away because she's always been using an iPhone from the time she switched to the US because all her friends are on iMessage. Uh, well, some of her friends are on iMessage, but that's not the case now. But she cannot switch because she's into the whole ecosystem now. Right. Um, and I think that's the lock-in that they were looking for. But, I mean, what aspect of the ecosystem is she so locked into? Apple Watch. That's the biggest thing that they have. And that's the one thing I forgot to mention in the ecosystem. That is truly a fantastic device. I mean, yeah. I've used it for, I think, the better part of a year. And it's the only smartwatch I actually ended up wearing regularly for any extended amount of time. Fair. Yeah, sure. I mean, I get it. They have that going for them. But, I mean, the kind of audience which owns an iPhone, an Apple Watch, an iPad, an Apple TV, uh, I... You know, I take a guess and say that's not necessarily the majority of the audience. Uh, even at, even if you look at, uh, I mean, I don't have these stats on hand, but the skew of iPhone owners, uh, the majority certainly aren't on the latest platforms. And uh, a fair amount of that, uh, of those numbers are, you know, still using maybe two generation old phones. And it's that audience which is not necessarily looking to spend you know, $1,200 or $1,000. Or uh, that's the audience which will see that, you know, there's a $700 option, there's a $500 option that's really good, or a $999 option, which looks like something from the future versus a phone which looks exact, like a minor improvement over the phone that they already have. Yeah, which already looked like the phone from 2015. Exactly. Uh, and... I mean, I, I'm not saying that, you know, it's going to be uh, a mass exodus overnight. Of course, it's not. It's not even going to going to be a two or a three year old three year thing. But I can see, you know, well, foldables, for example, or some of the or some of the Chinese brands, you know, trying to push into the US market, uh, gradually chipping away at Apple's market share. See, I wasted a lot of time just thinking about this a few weeks ago. Uh, I was doing a story around Samsung and Xiaomi and global market share. So I went through a lot of stuff around market share for all the seven or eight uh, biggest phone manufacturers in the world. Um, and what I realized is, honestly, nobody else can make a dent in the US market. The US market is consolidated around Apple and Samsung and I doubt anybody is going to make a dent anytime soon. Uh, Xiaomi is not going to get there. Uh, Vivo, no. 
uh, Oppo is definitely not aiming for that. The only BBK brand that actually did so was OnePlus and they've clearly pivoted to a budget uh, focused segment there with the Nord N series. That's going to be their big push for them because that gets them uh, into the door with the carriers and that's what they need. Um, just the fact that the carrier driven model is the overwhelming majority there means nobody else. I mean, it, it levels the playing field for the Chinese manufacturers because they are not going to be able to be able to invest like the gazillion dollars that they need to get an in with them and carriers will not back them even if they give them the money because why would they? All they want is the higher margins with the Samsung and Apple stuff. So that status quo will not change. Uh, but yeah, you made a good point in that folks that aren't necessarily tied into the ecosystem as a whole, they would see Android as a good option to consider. And we're already seeing that. If you look at anywhere outside the US, uh, Apple's market share has steadily declined over the last 12 months. Yeah. Um, and that's down to Android uh, hardware. But also a big part of that is the software. If you look at Android 11 and what's changing with Android 12, a key focus for Google has been security. Uh, Android 11 introduced a lot of great privacy stuff with the one-time permissions, the ability to see what is actually using your permissions, a lot of cool stuff like that. Um, and Android 12 builds on that. So I think when you look at it from a privacy and security point of view, both platforms are on a similar footing. I mean, Whereas, if you, you know, if you want to be like very superficial about it, uh, this, I mean, with Android 12, this entire chibi aesthetic, you know, Google's going to be pushing it really hard. Yeah. Uh, and if, like, just look at it. You look at iOS, it looks like the same thing as you were using three years ago. And then you have this, forget about the hardware, the phone, you have this operating system, which actually looks next gen. Yeah. It's, it's appealing. It's visually appealing. Uh, even, you know, the pixel 5a, the pixel 4a, 5g, they are making gradual inroads. And like, if you can convert a person and, you know, sell a person on a $500 phone, well, next upgrade cycle, you can, potentially tempt them with a $700 or an $800 phone. Yep. And that's, you know, with, if the Pixel 6 and 6 Pro actually deliver, I think we'll start seeing dividends, well, both for Google, but also, it, I mean, not a significant dent, but another chip in Apple's market share in the next two to three years when uh, it's built the, the premium mind share which Google has been lacking out on. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I fully agree with you about the Pixel stuff, Pixel 6 stuff. Uh, my only worry is that Google, we've seen, likes to shoot itself in the foot consistently. So I'm sure it'll find a way to fuck this release cycle up as well, <laughs> as it has done with every Pixel so far. Mm. Um, so I'm, you know, I'm wary of uh, saying that this is going to be like a true alternative I mean, it looks like it, but let's see how it actually ends up once it shows up. I mean, it's it's early to say, but they seem to be making the right moves. I was reading yesterday how in the UK they've been investing uh, a fair amount on uh, marketing. You know, they've got tie-ups with some of the biggest TV shows and they're running Pixel 6 promos ahead of uh, of the launch, launch even, like ahead of the TV show and those uh, everybody in the show is using a Pixel phone, like a Pixel 5. So, you know, building some familiarity around the brand, uh, clearly, you know, Google is willing to spend the money this time around. 
I don't think that was a problem the last time as well. Do you remember how many advertisements there were for pixels in India a few years ago? They were all over. Yeah. That fizzled out real quick. Yeah. So, like I said, it I don't know what Google does in terms of hardware, but yeah. I mean, it looks like they're trying to course correct and crossing my fingers that they actually managed to pull it off because we were due for a good pixel, a good high-end pixel. Let's see how that goes. Uh, but okay, that's we've circled back to Pixel from yeah. the iPhone. So let's see what's next. We talked about the flip and the fold, so I think we're good on that front. Uh, do you want to share some stuff about the Apple and Epic ruling? Uh, I mean, <laughs> if ever there was a ruling that neither party liked, it would be this, right? It's kind of like both one, but neither one. Neither got what they were looking for. Yeah. Uh, so the judge ruled that uh, Apple has to allow apps to take, you know, show their own payment gateways or, you know, introduce their own payment gateways outside of Apple's influence in their own apps. Uh, and that's fine. I guess that was as much as the judge was willing to concede. Uh, and I doubt they were going to get anything else out of the whole trial, to be honest. I think that was as much as they were going to be punished, in quotes. Yeah, I mean, the ruling also said that it's... It can't say that it's not a monopoly, but it could be a monopoly. (laughs) Ah, That was funny to read, honestly. (laughs) Like, we're not saying it's, it's a monopoly... But there's potential here to be a monopoly. Okay. I mean, but at the end of it, the crux of it is, and I haven't like gone through all the court filings yet, so I could be wrong or I could be missing something. But at least from a consumer point of view, there is a net benefit that, uh, that apps can now finally link out to external payment solutions. Yeah. That, that, that's, that's where the consumers win out. So say something like Spotify, which earlier had a higher price on iOS because they had to pay the Apple tax. Well, they can now just link out to their website and you can just pay there. So you can probably save like a dollar or two dollars a month thereabouts. Yeah. Um, any, any you know, standout gains for developers? Other than, of course, you know, not having to pay Apple a fee. I think they see it as a wave to make further inroads uh, because I don't think there was anything wrong with Apple's payment systems. I think everyone was just mad at the fact that they had to pay that tax. Mm -hmm. Um, So I think it makes it easier for like some of the biggest players. Again, when you look at where revenues are generated, I think, uh, what was it? The top 1% make up more than... 95% 95% or 98% yeah. of the revenue. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, this will only affect things like Spotify, Netflix. Uh, Epic. <laughs> well, sure. To a smaller extent, Epic. Um, but I think this is finally... Uh, I think this is the first time we're getting Apple... We're getting to see Apple make some sort of a concession. Well, it now is enforced to do so, but still... Well, they had to. Well, they had to, yeah, but I think that's a positive first sign. 
Yeah, I I don't know. Like, I mean, yeah, this is definitely great. But you know, this entire conversation, like, what happens next? Like, I'm just thinking, where else can Apple be? You know, sort of pushed into a corner. I don't know. Alternate app stores? Is that going to happen? Fuck no! Epic wanted an alternate app store, and I don't know what they were thinking. Well, I know what they were thinking. They were just trying to, you know, generate a lot of press, and they did. But I don't see any judge in the US allowing Apple to include a secondary app store on iOS. No, that's just not going to be the case. I mean, technically, there is an argument to be made that, well, yeah, that kind of got debunked. Oh, never mind. Like, it's not a monopoly, though it could be a monopoly. <laughs> yeah, and even then, I mean, see, even this is a good ruling. Um, we never know whether it'll be overturned by a higher court. There's always that, you know, that could also be a thing. Look at how Qualcomm won against the FTC after, what, four years or five years? Uh, the initial over- ruling was overturned, I think, a few months ago, and that was a big victory for Qualcomm because, yeah. well, they didn't have to pay those fines. So I think the only potential here is for lawyers to make a fuck ton of money. Yeah, somebody's making a lot of money out of this. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, there's there's a lot of money on the table here uh, that Apple tends has you know is potentially going to lose out on. Still a drop in the bucket compared to overall, you know kind of money that Apple makes but I mean knowing what I know of Apple it's not a company that likes to lose, lose money lose money <laughs> yeah no absolutely not Um, I don't think it I think it would have run the numbers on this already I mean before its lawyers ever made it to court I'm sure they would have run the numbers and made it already has deals with Prime and uh, Netflix right yeah. where they pay a lesser t- yeah and I think the players that actually matter to them They've already signed deals so that they don't leave the platform and the payment system that they're using currently. So I think it's not going to matter. I think the only one that will change is Spotify. They've clearly been clamoring for something like this for a few years now. So they get their way and they can just, you know, direct users to their website. Yeah. And they'll save a few bucks on their monthly subs. Uh, I think that's the only one that will change. But they're not going to lose any money over this. And when you think about it from like an overall point of view, I mean, they're making so much money from hardware and now broader range of services that whatever they stand to lose from this will more than offset that. Yeah, agreed. Well, Apple's not in trouble. No. Cool. Uh, I think that's that's enough about the Apple and Epic uh, ruling. Well, Vivo had a new phone. I have no idea what they were on about. I, I know they've uh, got wireless charging and they... They brought the gimbal camera and the fancy camera and some more stuff. Yeah, they've had the gimbal in the X60 as well. Uh, you know, yeah. X60 yeah. Pro. This one has the gimbal in the ultra wide. Yeah. Um, I think the X60 series has been like the, you know, under the radar hit of the year. Damn good. For I don't know. Yeah, I don't know if anybody ended up buying it. I don't think they did in India, but I think they did decent numbers outside the country. Um, they're making good traction in the UK in particular. Um, so the X70 series, yeah, wireless charging for the first time in a Vivo phone. That's a big deal outside India or even here. I don't know. Does anyone use wireless charging in India? I use it for literally everything. 
Really? I never use it. I mean, I have, I have all the charges, but... I have one, two, three, four, five wireless chargers right in front of me right now. Okay, you're a mad lad. And I'm building something. So wait, hang on. So I also got these. Yeesh. So you're... <laughs> what are you building with those coils? I'm doing some experimentation with charging uh, and heat dissipation. So, you know, that. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I, I don't get it. Like, why the fuck do people skimp out on wireless charging in India? Like, wireless charges are cheap. You can get one for 300 bucks. You can get one for 1,000 bucks. And I mean, people like I, the convenience. Yeah, I never saw the reason for it. I charge most phones overnight. I plug them in. And over the day... I mean, nothing runs out of battery. So if I need to charge something on, even when I'm at home, I just plug it in for 10 minutes and I get like, I don't know, 30, 40%. So I'm good. Yeah. it's. I mean, I kind of don't like plugging things in. Uh, in the case of the iPhone, like I use an external DAC. So uh, I use MagSafe uh-huh. to keep it charged up. Um, my car cradle... Uh, that's called wireless charging, so it's charging while I'm using navigation. Right. You know, stuff like that. Uh, I mean, the Z Flip, I could plug it in, but I just keep it on a little pad like this, you know, and it's charging, so it's convenient. Okay, that makes sense. Like, on my, but... de- on my desk right now, I've got one of those stand-up wireless chargers, so, you know, I can just look at my notification right there and then, like, just fuck it, I don't want to respond to this person right now. Okay, that's a nifty use case. I, yeah, the only one that I ended up using was the Pixel Stand. I put it on my desk for a few months and I was like, okay, this is nifty. But, yeah. It's not essential for sure. It's it's convenient. Uh, wireless, I mean, wired charging, I, I, I mean, I can't really say that wired charging will always be faster considering the OnePlus charges at 55 watts. <laughs> yeah. Uh, which is pretty damn cool. Um, yeah I love that stuff but yeah I mean it's convenient and like isn't that what phones are about like the little conveniences now like everything is decently fast so that's alright I mean everything but the MagSafe stuff everything but the MagSafe stuff but yeah that's 15 watts I mean most Chiva charging is also 10 or 15 anyway so yeah so I mean it's alright I mean I'm, I'm not Unless I actually don't like the proprietary stuff, yeah, because you know I've got one of those OnePlus chargers, I've got one of those Xiaomi chargers. They are not cross compatible, of course, mm-hmm. and I can't get a car dock which supports the OnePlus fast charging, wireless charging. Yeah, that's bizarre. Why they? I mean, that's bizarre how they didn't roll out a car charger because they had one with the you know dash charge stuff right back in the day. Yeah. I mean, then again, you probably don't want to pull out 65 watts. <laughs> From a car. Back yeah, I mean, they can't really guarantee, you know, like you have a yeah. a cheap, a, a low-end car and then like, you know, you just blow the battery on that. Uh, yeah. So I, I guess they don't want to risk it. Uh, but regardless, uh, I mean, while I would like it that Qi uh, charging, while this charging itself got faster, um, yeah, 15 watts is all right since I'm, I know that if I want fast charging, I'm going to plug it in. Um, yeah. Unless I'm using something with its own proprietary solution. 
Uh, but yeah, for the convenience, like it's just sitting there all day long. Uh, it works out just fine. You know, keeps it topped up. That's a good enough. I mean, yeah, I see the use case now. Um, so the X70, it has wireless charging. So I think you'll like it. <laughs> yeah. That's, uh, that's the only reason why I buy phones for wireless charging them. Uh, it also has a 6.67 inch Quad HD AMOLED panel at 120 Hz. Uh, the panel on the X60 Pro was fantastic. I think they all BBK brands are using the same source for their panel, so they are of a similar quality. Um, and what else? It's using the Snapdragon 888 Plus, oddly enough, and that's good to see. I mean, there's not much of a difference. It's just slightly tuned higher up. That's it. I think it goes up to 3.1 gigahertz on the X1, but it's it's not going to make much of a difference in day-to-day -day use. Um, and the cameras, it has a 15 megapixel primary and a 48 ultra wide with that gimbal stabilization. And this stabilization is actually really crazy. I don't oh, know it's, how... It's a really, really good. Uh, I remember this was the... Which was this year's model, the X60. X60, yeah. Yeah. I mean, uh, it takes a little bit of getting used to because, uh, like, it's got a bit of entropy. Like when you just yeah. move, you pan to the left or the right, you know, and you stop, but the camera will still pan just a little bit further. Yeah. Uh, so that takes a little bit of getting used to, but the footage is so so smooth. smooth. Yeah. I don't know how they're doing it. I really want this to come to other phones and not just Vivo. I really want to see this cross BPK collaboration. Uh, we're seeing that with, you know, OnePlus and Oppo, but I want Vivo to also be in the mix. I think Vivo, yeah, has traditionally flown under the radar in terms of the whole BPK association. I mean, we're going to get another sub-brand, and... you know, which Wait. will be the ultimate phone. What? They already do Aiku. But, you know, that's still more of value. Yeah, so it'll be the ultimate... I mean, I know, it'll, it'll be called the <laughs> ultimate BK. Ultimate U. Oh, no, shit. I, I, no, it's not making... They're not making a Burger King phone. They're making a yeah. BBK phone. Uh, <laughs> whatever. Yeah. They kind of... I mean, you, you did hit the nail on the head. Like, they do need a phone which just takes the best of everything that these guys yeah. specialize in. Like the OnePlus software. Oppo's imaging tech. Oppo's almost Oppo's imaging software, Vivo's imaging uh, hardware. hardware. Uh, Realme's uh, value. Uh, sure. Okay, let's go I with will, that. Yeah, so you know, like you'll get the replacement to the Poco F1 in that case. Uh, kinda, you know, the spiritual successor just from another brand. So you'll get all of these features for twenty thousand rupees. Yeah, I think I think they'll well they can offset of course somewhere else. Yeah, I think that's unfeasible. And there you go. You have the ultimate BBK Champion Edition phone. In that the dream, that would be a kick-ass phone. I don't think it's uh, it's in their benefit to make something like that. Yeah, no, they each of their brands is highly differentiated when it comes to the portfolio and product and all that nonsense. Um, so the, yeah, the Vivo X70 looks like a decent enough alternative. Uh, not much has changed on the X60. I'm still not convinced that we need a six-month upgrade cycle for phones. 
Uh, I don't know why brands continue to do it. I think the X60 launched back in February. So it's just, well, no, March 23rd. Uh, so six months. Ooh, that orange yeah. color looks gorgeous. Yeah. I just saw that one. Yeah. But the biggest problem is they don't launch all the cool colors outside China. So each market gets like one or two boring colors and then China gets all the interesting ones. Interesting but, design choice that, you know, that orange and the gray plate above it looks good though. It works for them. Yeah, definitely a nice looking phone. I like uh, Bevo's, you know, general fit and finish and the entire, the way the phone yeah. comes together. Uh, I mean, I a couple of years ago, I wouldn't have found myself saying that I like a Vivo phone, but they've really yeah. stepped up the game. They made a lot of changes. Uh, so they use the same base as Color OS. I mean, it's clear that they share a lot of the features now, even in FunTouch. And once they bring that Origin OS, their new lightweight skin outside China, mm-hmm. that should, yeah, that should make them gain a lot of momentum in global markets, particularly the West. So for now, it's a good phone. Don't know when it'll launch in India, but should be soon. They don't like to wait uh, too much. So, yeah. Should be an interesting I, I, I have a sneaking suspicion that it's going to be in the next month or so. Yep, absolutely. And it's going to be a busy month next month because in a few days, we're also getting the Xiaomi 11T series. And those look insane with the 120 watt fast charging and all that nonsense. Already? Yeah, it's on the 15th, so that's going to be fun. Yeah, I'm kind of losing track of all the phone launches. Well, I think <laughs> I, 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 I end up saying this every three to four months where I lose track of all the phone launches. Because it's just so many. Uh, I still haven't done the Mi Notebook Ultra review yet, and that's such a good notebook. It makes me question why they released the Redmi Book Pro in India. To make the Mi Notebook look good. <laughs> well, it does do that. Yeah, uh, my brother's in the market for a new laptop, so I kind of recommended that to him. I had a word with Akshay the other day. Uh, yeah. I think like both of you are on the same page. Like uh, The speakers are a little underwhelming, but otherwise it seems to be a pretty good product. Yeah, I mean, I don't know what they were doing in terms of where they're positioned. It just sounds weirdly muffled. I don't know what the fuck is going on there. But otherwise, I mean... When you look at how refined of a device it feels, and I, I've used all of the Mi Notebook Pros, uh, and the, not much has changed in terms of the design, but it's significantly faster over the 2019 model that I have. And I mean, it's like 60,000 something, so well, better the, than anything else in well, that. The top end model is like 76, but even that seems like a pretty damn good deal. I yep. mean, so. Um, yeah, you know, I came across a Twitter thread late last night where somebody was ranting about the MacBooks and I totally get it. Like, my stupid expensive MacBook Pro is just riddled with issues that, I mean, I'm at a point where I'd rather buy a Windows machine with very similar specs for half the price and upgrade every two years and not feel the pinch. Yes, you should definitely do that. I don't know what they're doing with MacBooks, but it looks like they're built to fail. I mean, since 2015, every single Mac of mine has had an issue. Before that, I would kind of, you know, like, 
push them beyond what they were meant to do. Uh, but yeah, since 2014 or 15, once the Retina Max came out, every single machine of mine has had some sort of a failure, uh, be it you know, the broken, the busted motherboards, which had to be replaced twice, busted Fuck. screens, which just developed random lines, busted keyboards, wonky performance, busted speakers. I mean, the USB-C ports on this machine are sporadic. Occasionally it'll charge only from the right side. Occasionally it'll charge only from the left side. Left side today it's charging from both sides. That's messed up. Like I don't understand. Well, I see why folks buy MacBooks because you know they managed to create this brand where they're like, oh, we're for pro users. But that hasn't been the case for like four years now. Yeah, no, no, no. The hardware is utter trash at this point. It's just I'm. The Mac OS workflows are kind of so ingrained into how I use my laptop that there's there's a hitch in changing. But I mean, I'm I'm okay. Like I can use Windows just fine. It's I I have no issues with that. Uh, just you know, certain things the way that I use my machine, or certain apps that I use that I don't want to necessarily switch away from. But if this keeps up, you know, I think I'm ready to trash this laptop and just throw it out the window. How about you switch to the Mac Mini for work when you're at home and then get something like the... Except the Mac Mini has issues driving external monitors, like two external monitors. What fucking nonsense is that? Yeah, exactly. What? It doesn't drive two monitors? I mean, it technically does, but then, like, I've been looking into it and lots of people are reporting issues with flickering or, you know, one of the displays will just switch off. Etc. Etc. It's a bit of a shit show there as well. Oh my god, I don't understand what they want to do with this hardware stuff. It's just bizarre. I mean, for a, for a company that has kind of nailed the phone experience, yeah, it's it's odd that um, they have so many issues with the product that literally made the company. Yep, absolutely. But I see more and more uh, power users as it were uh, switching away from Macs to you know Windows Thin and Light and those Intel Evo stuff. And Intel basically shot itself in the foot with this whole fucking bullshit anyway, uh, because you know at least the M1 Max seems fine from a power point of view. I don't know about the rest of the hardware. Yeah, but that's the thing. Like even it. there, um, you know, I had a word with some colleagues and you know, some other users as well. Uh, as impressive as it was at launch, uh, battery life isn't lasting as long as it used to at launch. Uh, the performance isn't as good as it was at launch. Uh, with the M1 Max, it's more like, you know, I mean, sporadically, Adobe stuff will have issues, Chrome will have issues, or hey, the battery now lasts only five hours or six hours. So there's, there's a lack of stability or you know uh... i think that's by design i think these things are meant to fail right it's planned obsolescence at full force here yeah uh, but not six months six months into the launch has it just been six months i thought i figured it was somebody using it for like a year or so well sure thereabouts it, it's not been a year less than a year it's at the end of last year right well it's not the end of this year <laughs> Fair enough. 
Well, I mean, there's always Windows machines. I really like. I even like the Realme Slim, Realme Book Slim, quite a bit. Uh, I'm finishing up the review for that one. That's one of the things that I'm working on. But for a first yeah. effort, I mean, they've really nailed it. November twenty was the launch. See, yeah. So almost a year. Well, ten, ten months. months. Yeah. And most well they're designed to break after 18 months right so hey uh-huh. <laughs> half of there so half the yeah. performance yeah cool all right so that's that's about it like what else do we have do we have anything interesting uh, uh we can yeah you're saying no i uh realized that yeah i i had one issue with the z fold 3 in that it still shows ads i still get notif- ad no- push notifications for yeah. ads and it's the weirdest thing because the ads are always for the z fold 3 it's like time to unfold to a new phone i'm like yeah man i unfolded to get rid of that notification thanks yep so i am looking forward to one ui 4 where they maybe get rid of these at least some of these ads i mean they've kind of already said that they are planning to get rid of them i mean but i kind of understood the way that i understood that announcement was that hey we're going to canner uh push uh, notification servers for all of these ads because they're kind of stupid um because these are all push notifications so they can kind of just Disable. end them yeah but they haven't yet and the entire absurdity of getting an ad for the phone that you've already bought I don't get, and it's not even a one-off because it's not just you, it's not just me. It's a very common trope on Twitter. If you if you keep an eye on these things, somebody bought a fold. He's getting an ad to buy another fold, and it's just been a thing with Samsung for the longest time. So at least get your ad targeting right. If somebody's yeah. buying a high-end phone, maybe sell them on headphones or whatever. Not the same damn phone. That's what doesn't make sense to me. I mean, even if it's it feels like some intern is in charge of the ad stuff on Samsung phones because it should be very easy to you know turn off ad targeting for like device models and stuff like that yeah so i don't know just all and yeah they can just get rid of the service and do the change server side for literally all of their devices but they won't because they would want users to think that this is the feature that needs to be turned off at like a system level with a big ui update yeah marketing 101 yeah so let's see one ui 4 looks interesting it's in beta no when it will get here but should be soon uh, the few brands i talked to about their android 12 betas they've all said that they've been having significant issues integrating android 12 and that's why it's been delayed this year because at this point last year we had betas for oxygen os and color os and all that good stuff and look at looking at the state of android 12 itself i mean it's been such a fucking shit show so i assume there will be bugs even after these betas kick off and stable builds are rolled out yeah i mean some of the things i don't get like because uh this year uh android 12 has a very distinct design like very distinct distinctive and distinct design id which makes it very hard to integrate into anything that any of the other oems are doing yeah um um 
you know, those, those color changing icons and and everything else, in fact. I mean, I can see how shoehorning those two together is not going to be the easiest solution. I'm not even sure how well it would work. It wouldn't. They already mentioned that it was an optional thing for brands and the few that I talked to said on the background that they're not integrating it. Um, I was puzzled when I saw that Samsung would be adding it to One UI mm-hmm. because that is something that did not make any sense to me because Samsung has a very distinctive interface and its own style and it doesn't usually follow Google's uh, recommendations in that area. So that was puzzling. But again, we'll have to see just how much of that stuff will it actually take. Maybe if it's just the color picker ML stuff. Yeah. Sure. Could be. Uh, but I don't think they're going to go with that goofy ass uh, notification shade and the huge toggles and that sort of stuff. I, I just mean, don't I see that. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's that. Uh, we wanted to talk more about the semiconductor shortage, but... I think let's just keep it to some of the news highlights related to it. Because I think on its own, it just it's too big a topic. Yeah. With uh, rather far-reaching consequences. Uh, so I think that's something that we can tackle maybe perhaps in the next episode. Um, in fact, like I think we should have a little more clarity um, in case, you know, Every, I mean, clearly everybody's getting affected by it. I kind of want to see if Apple ends up raising prices this year around uh, to tackle the shortage. They already mentioned something to that effect, but they're not. Well, we'll I remember. See. We should find out on Tuesday. Yeah. It's just such a bizarre thing because, I mean, it's easy to understand, but at the same time, most folks don't because they don't understand just how the semiconductor industry works. So it's not like somebody, let's use Google because Google was the only one that came out and said that it's not releasing a device in other markets because of the shortage. I don't see, I don't think we've had any other brands that made that statement because with the Pixel 5a, it said that it's limiting it to the US and Japan because of that, right? Um, so What's going on is that Google would go to TSMC and say, well, Google would go to Qualcomm and say, I need a million of the Snapdragon 765s. And Qualcomm would say, okay, thanks. I'll do that. And then Qualcomm would then go to TSMC and say, I need a million Snapdragon 765 on this note, please. And TSMC would say, yeah, no, sorry. We already have our manufacturing full. All our fabs are full. Um, How it works is TSMC likes getting big orders because all of these are done on a million or tens of millions kind of scale. So if somebody like Apple comes and says, I need 20 million A13s, and TSMC is like, yeah, we'll give you first dips on it. And they'll go ahead and do that. Uh, And that's why car manufacturers have struggled in particular, right? I just read that Ford is again shutting down all of its North American plants. GM has shut down so many plants. Look at the Japanese auto industry. It's in fucking shambles right now. That's because car manufacturers are very different in how they make it. They give out smaller orders, say to the tune of a few hundred thousand or at most a million. So when you think of long-term planning, um, somebody like TSMC would want to prioritize orders that come in for like a million units or so. So for things like phones and consoles and any other thing that that would require the cutting edge stuff, TSMC is all fully booked on that. 
so it doesn't have the fabs to make some of the older stuff some of the 28 and amorthan even the really old stuff that goes and that's still vital to cars these days um so it's just bizarre how that has worked and i was talking to a few auto industry analysts i think last week and they said that this has made car manufacturers realize how reliant they were on semiconductor uh, semiconductor industries um so they're going to you know change how some of the tech is, goes in a car and that sort of stuff if you look at tesla they've already switched out to older hardware so that they don't need to wait on parts right so we're going to see more of that over the coming years but yeah it's just a bizarre industry just because it relies on long term vision and car industry in particular has that just in time manufacturing that doesn't work with it phones generally haven't been affected because phone manufacturers also plan things out a few months or at least a year in advance yeah, so they like, haven't uh, been affected i mean on that note realme issued a statement yesterday that uh, they don't foresee any issues during the entire festive season in india uh, because they've already got uh, you know their inventories locked in i don't think they went into specifics and i'm not really sure what they tried to say that like have they got you know like a million units or whatever phone they want to launch that locked in or their components are locked in i i just glanced at the announcement from them but yeah they don't foresee any effect of the semiconductor shortage uh ahead of the festive season in india so that's yeah that's good for realme fans i think google ran into that issue i think it was only google i don't remember anybody else making a statement to that effect because they went with an older chip and i think because of google i think they didn't have they didn't know whether they had adequate you know units of it So I think that was the only reason because Qualcomm likes to prioritize its latest stuff. So if they went with the seven seventy eight or something like that, I don't think that would have been an issue because Qualcomm would have had enough stock of that at TSMC being manufactured because it wants to send it to these manufacturers. Um, so I think that was the problem. But hey, uh, if you're in the market to buy a car, bad news because well, cars are fun. Well, Indian car scene is in particular. so shitty these days i didn't yeah i mean hala uh, not hala bala bala son my back to sell up my ford because ford's uh, stopped manufacturing cars in india and they've kind of halted manufacturing in the us as well i think it's just a bit of a shit show everywhere i mean it kind of makes sense right it's not even just the semiconductor conductor shortage is the last two years have been such a pivotal moment in our humanity as well in humanity and especially for our generation it's yeah. in fact like i wouldn't even say just our generation the modern generation where it's created a completely different work scenario where it's altered work as it exists altered halted travel halted mass gatherings to the point where i mean even when things get op- better and open up like sure there'll be travel etc etc but if car buying was was already slowing down it's come to a screeching halt for a whole lot of people now who just don't need a car anymore yeah combine that with the fact that the you know ev stuff is gaining momentum yeah and, and a whole lot of brands just aren't willing to or able to keep up with the uh, with changing preferences 
Yeah. I saw that Toyota was going to be investing $13 billion over the next decade. And I'm like, you guys pioneered the whole hybrid system with the Prius, with the Prius and you're just getting into this now. What the hell? I mean, making an investment today for a product that's 10 years out and realistically 12 to 13 years out, you might as well just partner with somebody else because by the time your product is ready, it's going to be too late. But I think it makes sense because they're investing in batteries. And I think more than, I think the next wave of car innovation will come down to battery tech because regardless of what brand you're going to go with, all of them need batteries. And I think Panasonic was smart in investing in it early on and teaming up with Tesla. So I think it has an edge, but I think everyone is now looking at what actually needs to be manufactured for a car. Um, So I think battery is going to be like a key, you know, feature. I don't even know what to call a battery now. Yeah. But even battery tech, you know, like Tesla's, according to this report that I read, Tesla is about two to three years ahead of everybody else in the market right now uh, due to their close uh, coordination with Panasonic for all the R&D. Uh, but even there, it's not as if there is a monumental uh, improvement in battery tech that's just around the corner. I mean, there isn't like, and there's a limit to how much you can increase density or how many innovative solutions you can find to you know pack more energy into the same area. Yeah, unless we see a shift away from lithium and you know a denser battery that can somehow hold more charge and deliver better power while somehow being able to last longer this is going to be the status quo yeah imagine like a huge stack of like super capacitors too i don't know know. i'm I'm just thinking flex capacitors right now ah wouldn't that be something (laughs) we'll have a small battery mounted thing in in our homes and that'll drive power to all the stuff in the house Okay, I think that that just about covers it, everything that we had lined up for this week. Um, Anything that you're looking forward to in the coming week? Uh, Mi 11, fucking hell, I can't call it the Mi 11. Uh, Xiaomi 11T, very interesting. I really like the Mi 11. I don't know why they didn't launch it in India. They only did the Mi 11 Ultra. I should be getting my hands on that. I don't know when, sometime soon. Uh, Looking forward to reviewing it. Uh, 120 watt charging is fucking crazy. So, yeah, that should be a fun phone. Good stuff. Yeah, I'm looking Ooh. forward to checking out what Apple's up to, uh, for better or worse. I think I'm, I'm more excited about the the watches. Um, evidently, those should have the biggest upgrade that they've had in years, so... No, that's next year. Oh, that's next year? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> well, oh well. So, uh, there, was a, there was one really cool thing. I mean, I didn't. I didn't particularly like the design of the uh, series fourteen, uh, the iPhone fourteen app. Right. But kind of what I'm perplexed by is that they're showing that the back does not have a camera hump. Maybe I mean, I guess if the phone is slightly thicker, they could find a way to you know mesh that in. It shouldn't take too much of an engine. I mean, it's not an engineering challenge, particularly given that they're not going to use like 
crazy high res sensors that take up But a lot of room but that's the thing like the other rumor is that the ultra wide will get will have 40% inc- uh, in- increased uh, sensitivity to light which means it is using a much bigger sensor and Maybe there not. has and there has also been talk that you know Apple's finally shifting to 48 or 64 megapixel sensors though they won't call them they might not call them out as such it'll all be like you know under the hood improvements um they'll still call it you know the pixel bind version whatever so 12 megapixels or so uh but yeah you know it'll be interesting i feel that it's not going to happen because if it had to happen we have already seen this happen on the android side as well somebody or the other would have built a phone without a camera hump and you know that would have been a selling point for it uh so i feel the processor got something wrong somewhere but yeah that's that's another year out so who cares yeah um it's not difficult to do with a smaller sensor because i mean we didn't have these things 3 4 years ago but if they actually managed to do it with like a 48 or 64 damn that would be a big no of course not that with a telephoto and an ultra wide all crammed into a flat back yeah i don't see that happening i mean vivo would do it before then if they had to or oppo <laughs> yeah yeah definitely um i am interested in the smartwatches i think the stuff that's changing is the design i think they are going to be slightly larger uh, slightly less bezels yeah i think there will be refinements on the hardware front but the big you know features software driven features and the sensor driven stuff i think is for next year yeah. so weird year for iphones or hard yeah. their hardware in general agreed cool i think that's about it for this week mm-hmm. uh anything fun you're looking forward to uh formula 1 is in monza monza is always fun because it's crazy fast has a lot of you know corners well not many corners but fast corners yeah always fun and ferrari fans nice yeah I'm finished off rereading dune so that was fun I'm going to start reading a book called Blood Meridian now. Nice. Which is supposed to be particularly gruesome. So reading a bit of horror now. And yeah, otherwise it's just like the standard work stuff. So nothing particularly exciting. Nice. Uh, I I read Dune again, I think last year, sometime last year. This one man that series has aged well. It has I kind of don't get the crazy hype around it. Like it's yeah, it's good. It's also I like the first three books are good. I don't think I yeah. bothered reading after that because it just got really annoying. Uh are they making a TV show on Dune as well? There's a movie coming out. First of all, oh, the TV show is for Foundation, right? Yeah. Hey, that's nice. Yep. I mean this this entire conversation about world building etc etc and sure they've done a decent job but it's certainly not an exceptional job or something that hasn't been done before I mean Isaac Asimov did it to his own degree and then like you have high fantasy space fantasy it's been done um and the premise 
so so there's this thing like if you go read up online like for whatever reason there's a common consensus that dune is very dense to get into oh uh like it's not a it's not an easy read but i just didn't think of it like that i fact, understand why i mean if you see the starting of dune right with the whole uh, he'll get tested and uh, uh they'll be that old mm-hmm. lady who will be doing it uh-huh. yeah i think that turn, you know the story doesn't start until about <clears throat> i don't know the first 100 pages or so so i think that's what turns yeah, everyone off yeah no i mean so the, that's that's the thing like if you can read the first 40 pages of dune then you're like into the story but even those first 40 pages are intriguing enough the language yeah. certainly isn't dense no not at all so i just don't get it like why why is dune considered like you know one of those something like an epitome of high of space fantasy or whatever really isn't i mean it was one of the first that i agree i mean it came out even before star wars right i think it was one of the first 65 yeah but as if so, the foundation series before that but it's not necessarily the same uh, this is more along the lines of terraforming a new world i mean i get it this is more star wars than anything by asimov yeah I mean, whereas asimov work yeah. is more like you know what future could be like whereas this is like what alien life could be like yeah like dude is this cross it's like this cross section of uh game of thrones mixed <laughs> with star wars <laughs> i mean yeah sure that makes sense it is it's political intrigue set yeah. on tatooine yeah yeah pretty much and uh Yeah, and we all also have, have a ruined it for you. <laughs> no, I like both. I mean, I got turned off Star Wars with the movies, but then I realized that it's not just the movies. There's like a broader universe that I quite enjoy. So I'm like, fuck it. Yeah. Oh, I really you. like the. Well, if anybody is listening in and they like Star Wars, uh, you should read the Thrawn trilogy by Timothy. Timothy what? Timothy Zahn. Uh, Shamale. A... What? Timothy. What? What's that actor's name? Tim. Timothy. He's the guy in uh, the Dune movie, I think. Yeah, I don't know. I don't pay attention to these things before they launch because I usually get, you know, I don't like trailers. Uh, but yeah, the Thrawn trilogy is a fantastic series of books. Yeah. Uh, Daft Punk even did a soundtrack for it. For what Dune? The Thrawn trilogy. Oh, no, but... not Thrawn. Oh, for fuck's sake. Thrawn, Thrawn. I know. Uh, and that's our cue. I think it's time to end this episode. Yeah. I'm sad that that one decided to leave. Yeah. They're fun. Well, we'll always have random access memories. Yeah. There was a joke. There was a joke in there somewhere. But I couldn't... Ah, fuck. <laughs> I I wanted to see them live. Uh I was there was a thing going on in a forum somewhere that they were going to tour in 2019. Uh I was waiting and this that that was pushed to 2020 and I was waiting to see I was going to go anywhere in the world so that we can see them because my wife is also a huge fan. And then the pandemic hit and I guess they decided to and they got bored. Yeah, just to just put like two pixel phones in front of your 
like your <laughs> RGB cabinet and switch off the lights. You know what? I think I'll do that. I'll use that as the background for my review. I mean, like I'm sure there's a there's a TikTok video to be made somewhere in there. Yeah. <laughs> sure. All right, man. You take care. Yeah. You too. And... That was a fun one. And thanks for listening in, everybody. We'll be back next week with more about the iPhones. Fingers crossed. Yay. Bye. Bye.